Welcome to Sunburnt Country Music, interviews with Australian country music artists. My name is Sophie and I have been interviewing Australian country music artists for over a decade and I still love it. I love their stories, I love their insights and I love their music. So I hope you enjoy hearing from them on this podcast. Jake Whitaker is an artist from Southeast Queensland who does not have a country music background but has a great debut country music song called Round Here. I'm going to talk to him about the non-country music and the country music. Hi, Jake. G'day. How are we doing? I'm very well, thank you. And I've been tapping my toes to this song and it has a really great groove in it. Um, and as I said in the intro, you're not traditionally, as a musician from country music, you actually have a soul, blues and funk background. So I wanted to start there. And ask yeah. you, what was the first music you loved? The first music I ever loved. My first CD I ever got, uh, Dad picked it with me, and it was Bob Marley and the Wailers was my first ever CD. Oh. And when I was a young kid, oh, that's all I wanted to be was Bob Marley. Funny <laughs> enough. Yeah. I, that, I, I didn't know. I forgot about that until pretty much now, thinking about that. Yeah. So around what age was that? Oh, I'm going to say, like, six to eight years old maybe yeah okay. it was so young that, yeah. that was obviously quite formative so you know little kids get their interests and follow things so after you had Bob Marley what was next did you keep going with reggae um it's been pretty eclectic through the years and then for a long time I really loved um that surf rock and things like you know Jack Johnson and uh, Donovan Frankenrider and um Pretty much anyone that played a blues fest over the years, I was a, uh, ended up being a big fan of and loving. Um, and from there, things like John Mayer, and it's kind of kept pushing through. And then to now, like, you know, Zach Brown Band, which kind of really pulled me back to that kind of country, um, what I love. And, and it's just kind of kept building, I suppose, now. Yeah. It's interesting what you say about anyone who was playing at Blues Fest because that implies that actually that festival was a way for you to discover new artists. And it's always good to know that because sometimes yep. one wonders how you find out about artists. So obviously Blues Fest was influential for you. Massively, massively influential, yeah. Through the years, my mum my and uh, dad were always really supportive of it and mum would always take me down every year. And since I was probably 11 years old and we went most years, I just loved it, yeah. So when you're 11 in an environment like that, did it seem like Christmas or did it, was it a little overwhelming to begin with? No, it was amazing. Yeah, there was definitely not overwhelming at all. It was just like, oh, my goodness. <laughs> <laughs> it was just crazy, yeah, because you're there and you see these amazing artists on stage and you're in the crowd and then like in the Blues Fest crowd, it was always really nice. You know, people would be there they will pass around ukuleles and people were playing songs to each other and, and like as a you know a twelve year old kid, I'm sitting there picking up some random person's ukulele and playing songs in the middle of the crowd. You know, it was it was really cool. So, at what age did you start to form the idea that this might be something you'd like to do? Pretty much like through my whole high school years, I decided I was going to be a musician. That was it. That was my main focus and goal in life. That was it. And uh, I had a really great music teacher that you know nurtured that idea and, and pushed for it and. Um, I was only, we did music and then I was the only student in music extension because like now the kids were going to do it. So she like created this whole class for me just so I could do it. And um, my family was always really supportive and then I went to university. And so it's kind of just continue, continued through, I suppose. It's always been music for me. It's never been no other option really. So what instrument did you play for your music ex extension? Guitar and sing. Wow. I think, yeah, yeah. At what age did you start learning guitar? Um... 
I'm going to say 10, okay. they're about. Yep, like grade five, grade six. About I think that's about 10 years old, isn't it? Yeah, about that age. So that's so that suggests that you know you had the Bob Marley experience. You started to develop an interest in in other sorts of music just before you went to Blues Fest for the first time. You started playing guitar. Yeah. So were you starting to think I'd like to play these songs that I'm listening to? Definitely, yeah, definitely. And mum and dad also like dad and mum aren't musicians as such, but mum's always loved singing. You can always hear her singing in the house at some stage. And dad um, always loved music. Is tone deaf. Um, and taught himself how to play guitar from purely from timing and counting. Right. Um, so he, he learned to play guitar. And so, you know, there would, anytime there was a few beers getting around at home and they'd be out and playing guitar and singing and Dad would play and Mum would sing along and, and it would get passed around in the family events and that kind of really pushed it as well for me. We're like, I want to do that because that's cool. That's really cool. Yeah. So were you self-taught from 10 or did you have lessons? Always had lessons pretty much through, which is I'm very, very privileged and grateful to have that. The, the support from my parents. So they, there was a local guy who, um, Don, who used to teach me guitar. He was actually pretty much blind. Um, an amazing, amazing teacher, very patient with a, a lazy young student that I was. <laughs> Look, I think it's hard for all kids to understand the value of practice, really. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, you come next week and you go, did you practice? And I go, yep, yep. And I'd play a little bit. You go, you didn't practice. You go, no, I didn't practice. <laughs> yeah amazingly you obviously progressed because here yeah, you are yeah. <laughs> slowly but surely <laughs> so at what age did you start singing as well I think it was in like high school um maybe grade into grade eight I think it was I, I started I was started doing singing and so then um started getting a few singing lessons to help me progress and, and learn it a bit better and get my my ears around it which was great yeah was that also something you did for music extension uh, in the singing I did, yeah, I, I part of music section year 12, yeah. And I think you mentioned that you carried it on to university studying yeah. music. Yes, yeah, did a Bachelor of Popular Music um, at the Gold Coast Conservatorium, so the Griffith there, yeah, which was really cool. So because I actually haven't heard of a Bachelor of Popular Music before, so as opposed to just music in general, so what are yeah. you presuming that's just like 20th century and beyond? It, it really focused on being a working musician in today's industry, which was really important. And it gave the best part about it is the amount of contacts it gave me and like friends and relationships that we built through that um, course. So like, you know, we were, we were learning songwriting and um, how to use Pro Tools and Logic and um, create our own film clips. And um, we could walk into a studio and anywhere in the world and, and, you know, start patching things and plugging things in and knowing what microphones are and directional things and, how to place a microphone. So it's a bit of a mix between engineering, production and songwriting, I suppose, was the main focuses. So as you started to think about creating your own music, did you intend or have you intended to produce your own music? I've always liked being involved but not doing it 100% myself. I've got a, a really good mate that I um, who's super talented, Jared Adlam, and he mm -hmm. produces a lot of good country acts as well. Mm -hmm. And um, we we started uni day one together, and ever since I've I've never let go of him. I'm like, you're not leaving me, Jared, no matter what you do. So, <laughs> and he he's a lot faster and a lot talented at that side of things. So, I uh, I get him to do those types of things most of the time. Yes, and he did produce around here. So, um, we'll we'll, yes. we'll get to that song in a second. But I'm still I'm still heading towards your uh, your soul blues and funk background. So, uh, while you were at the conservatorium, were you playing in any bands? Yeah, I've, I've pretty much always been.
Jake Whitaker um, on my solo thing. And that was through university was that funk soul blues was my um, thing at the time. And it, was, it went okay. It, it never, I played it, I got, I got a, a spot at Blues Fest and, and did a few gigs around and, um, you know, a few festivals around Queensland. Um, but it never really felt like true to me. Like it was a good show and we performed well and all the boys were a good band and stuff, but it just, I don't know. It didn't, when I went away traveling and came back, I was went, no, nah, this is really what I want to do. This is kind of true to me now. Right. Now you just mentioned you played Blues Fest. That must have been amazing to have been. It was, it was on a big stage or anything special, but it was really cool. It was, it was a pretty uh, surreal thing to get to do that. That's for sure. Did your parents get to see you play Blues Fest? No, I don't. Oh, I don't th- I think so. I think Dad, unfortunately, because we've got a family business and he had to be working that day. And I think Mum might have come down though. I think she, so. Yeah. Yeah, because that would have been <laughs> great. Full circle yeah. moment, family moment. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> so you said that the Zach Brown band brought you back to country. So that implies that you had perhaps listened to a bit of it before. Um, yeah, it's it always been played at home, you know, lots of different stuff over the years has always been um, pushed through the radio from a very, very eclectic kind of uh, stuff getting thrown through the house, which is good. Yeah. Um, but the Zach Brown really rehoned it, which was cool. Mum and Dad bought a boat and uh, someone left a Zach Brown CD on the boat and that was it. That was, It was the only CD that got played on the boat and around and around and around it went and... Uh, just, we all loved it by the end of it, which was great. And so then it kind of just kept growing and growing and growing. And yeah. So from <laughs> there, how did your listening expand? Like, what other acts did you start to discover and love? Um, I suppose, like, I don't know how, where it expanded from there because it was kind of just like a big old, I'll just jump on, um, you know, Apple Music. Um, I think that one of the few people that still use it. Everyone's jumped on Spotify. I'm on Apple Music at the moment. I, I, um, I use Apple Music. So. Yeah, I go search into the country thing, go through playlists and just start finding artists that I like through there. And so the big guys, you know, um, Cody Johnson and Randy Hauser and Luke Combs, Morgan Wallen, um, fell in love massively with Brothers Osborne, probably one of my favourite country acts of all time, Midland. Um, and then also you got, you know, all the you, you good Aussie guys too. You got Travis Collins and oh, there's just so many, so many. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. So that brings us to the creation of Round Here, um, which is yeah. your first country song. Uh, still has a bit of that groove in it, so obviously that yeah, that's part of your instinct as an artist. Um, I'm wondering what inspired the writing of it. So this song I co-wrote with Jared as well, the, um, who did the production on it, and we were sitting down and we wanted to, we were writing a few songs for that album that we're going to release soon, and couldn't. We wanted a few more tracks and we were sort of writing and scrapping a few things and then we sat down for this one and just decided let's write a song because at the time I was getting really frustrated with just traffic and, the, and being the busyness of town and all that stuff and I just wanted to get out and get away from it all and to have that breath of fresh air and, and write a song about that, you know, when you get out and you hit that big open road and, and there's not the busyness and traffic lights and even... Yeah, street lights even, you know, it's just you're out there and there's nothing. And that's that and yeah, that big sigh of relief, you go, Oh, I'm feeling good again. Yeah. And that's that's what we wanted to get and write about. So and that's what the song's about, getting out of the of the city and enjoying the country. 
Got to say, though, in the music video for it, there's a bit where your wallet drops out of your pocket. Now, I spent yeah. the rest of the video worrying about where the wallet was and we never found <laughs> it. Never found it, never got it back. And never got my beer either. So no, it was a tough day. That's why I was getting out of the city. <laughs> um, uh, yes, I'm yeah, I'm very keen to know what happened to the wallet. But anyway, we're never going to find it. Um, so the song very, very quickly gained some radio airplay. That must have been very exciting. Yes, like the, the day it came out, I was on the radio and I couldn't believe it. Like I was like, this is amazing. Thank you, Bet Bet Gracie, for getting me doing it and pushing in Will from Czech Label. Like I, I uh, was just, it was this, I, I can't explain the feeling that I had of it. It was just amazing for me, just pure euphoric. Yeah, right. And so yeah. have your friends and family been reporting that they've been hearing it too? Yes, yep, yep. I've had, had friends and um, like even... Saturday morning, Dad was just listening to the radio and on it came and he sent me a video, you're on the radio again, you're on the radio. <laughs> it's weird. It's like, no, nah, that's not me. That, oh, no, it is. That's me. That, I'm on the radio. Yeah. yeah. You're on the radio and you're on YouTube and presumably the Country Music Channel is a, is a destination for the video as well. Um, did yes, you actually enjoy did. making the video? I did actually, yeah. It was a, a new experience. Um, and Nigel, um, who I worked with from NKJ Studio, was super good at directing me and making me comfortable because I was going, I don't know what to do. What do I do with my hands? Uh, <laughs> it's a funny thing, but he just kind of helped me and worked me through it and kept me comfortable the whole whole couple of days of shooting and and it came out better than expected, that's for sure. It's, yeah, it's a really fun video and there is a story in it. As I said, the lost wallet is part of it. Um, yeah. But you did look like you were having fun. Uh, having said that, it would be weird, I think, to yeah. make a video for the first time because it's not your core competency. No, and I said I'm like, I'm not an actor, so I'm going to be a terrible actor, so let's try and not make me do too much acting in the clip because otherwise it's going to look terrible. <laughs> and he's like, no, nah, I'll direct you. We'll get this going. I was like, all right, okay, all right. And uh <laughs> It came out pretty good, I think. <laughs> yes. Well, since it, you looked like you were having fun, so that means that the audience has fun. Now, you are in another video, albeit in a small way, um, and there are a few people in this video in a small way, and that is Our Church by Matt Cornell and Adam Brand. I spotted you in that video. So how did you come to be involved in that song? Uh, I was a co-writer on that song, mm. uh, which is really cool. So I was lucky enough to be a part of Invited to the Song Culture, um, where they invite a bunch of country musicians in together and they divvy you all off into rooms together and write for each other. And it's a, that is a, a whole new cool experience in itself. And I was lucky to get thrown in a room with uh, Maddie Cornell, Gavin Carfoot, Brooke Chevelle and Lincoln Phelps mm -hmm. and uh, came together and Maddie's had this idea for the song um, for his church because it's a thing that him and Brandy do and we wrote that song and he goes, well, we need to get Brandy on, in on this because it's the perfect duet for the two of them. And so then Brandy came in and he also added a bit of his flavour to it. And, yeah, I, I couldn't believe it. it went, I think it was my, technically my first number one that I was involved with, which is cool because the day of release went number one on the iTunes charts, and, which is pretty spectacular. Up to that point in time, had you done much co-writing apart from with Jared? Uh, I've done, yeah, with like through university and with a few other artists, um, not massively, not on that large of a scale, not with five guys in a room. That was my biggest co-write of, of people at once and it went really smoothly, actually surprising. I thought, yeah, more heads in a room, more budding ideas, but it was just actually more good ideas and it made it really 
blow. Yeah. Yeah, right. Um, and it is a great song. Uh, so congratulations there. Uh, now, you mentioned that you and Jared have been working on songs for an album, so I'm guessing you have some more singles queued and perhaps a release date in mind for the album. Definitely. We have uh, at least three more singles coming out this year, which is great. I'm really excited to get those. At least three, maybe one more. I don't know. We'll see. And then the album uh, next year in February. Okay. If all things go to plan. Right. <laughs> Does it seem a bit odd to think think about that? It's like, oh yeah, so like in a year's time, it's going to be out. No, I love it. I love I love the the organization of it because I'm an unorganized person. So forcing myself to be like, these are the dates. Get it done. Make sure it's ready. Uh, it's good. Otherwise, I'll be last minute panicking and be like, oh, it's not organized. So setting the dates, having things ready to go. And uh, then I can tell people, when's the next song? I go, this is the day. Get ready for it. <laughs> yeah. And yeah. I suppose these days, you know, it would be tempting to not have an album at all, just to think I'll just keep putting out singles and see what yeah. happens. But you obviously have that project in mind. Yeah, well, we've got the songs there. Like we sat down and we wrote them and we recorded them and they're there. And I said, well, and not all the songs are singles, you know, they're, they're, they're an album track and they're written to be that way. And I feel like if you release it as a single, it'd probably flop. So, yeah, I mean, they're good songs in there and right, but they're not singles, you know, like they're not a pop single that you play on the, on the radio. So um, I'm looking forward to doing it. I know a lot, a lot of artists these days are just releasing single after single after single, but we've got to give people more music. <laughs> well, there's a lot to be said for the album track because it's that that suggests that you're thinking about the story of the album, you know, and giving the yeah. listener an experience. Yeah, yeah, that's it, and and it's it's not all one upbeat drink, beer drinking song after next. There's a yeah, you know, some songs about love and lust and things like that as well. <laughs> all the good elements of life. So yeah. for the rest of this year, um, there are a few festivals coming up. Are you playing any of them? Not at this stage, but that is my plan, is to, to be getting these festivals. That's really what I love about my doing music. It's it's actually playing the shows and, and playing it to the people. That's my real passion of it, but that's coming. I'm thinking at the end of this year, hopefully we can get some festivals, get some stuff lined up and, and get the, the band rolling and put a really good show together for the people. That's what we want to do. And who is in your band? Well, Jared. He's my right hand man. He has no choice either. I don't. I don't care if he doesn't want to be in the band. He's definitely going to be in the band. <laughs> um, and then I've got my buddy Reese Baines. He'll be on the drums, and uh, Link will be on the bass too. So we'll be the, the tight four piece. And if things allow, then we may go bigger, or we may have to pull it back, which is yeah, right. Fantastic. Well. Congratulations on the song round here. Um, as I said, I've been tapping my toes to it. It's got it's a, got a great beat. It is really entertaining, and so is the video. So people can you know listen to it or watch it. But I really look forward to finding out what you're going to release next. And congratulations on this one. Thank you, Jake. Thank you very much. Thanks for listening to the Sunburnt Country Music Podcast. For more Australian country music interviews and reviews and other things, go to sunburntcountrymusic.com or to Sunburnt Country Music on Instagram, Facebook and TikTok.